Hello, and welcome to another episode of Within the Game podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Wexler, and this episode is with the beach volleyball legend, Phil Dahlhauser. Phil is coming off back-to-back AVP championships the last two weekends with partner Nick Lucena. They won the Monster Hydro Cup two weeks ago and the Wilson Cup this past weekend in Long Beach, California, bringing his total tournament victory count to 100. This milestone puts him on a small list of legends as the fifth most winningest player ever. In this episode, we get a glimpse of Phil's routine, his intellect, and how he continues to give back to the game. I hope you enjoy this episode, and don't forget to subscribe, comment, and share. Thanks. All right. I'm here with Phil Dahlhauser. Phil, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for being here. Ah, Thanks for having me. Phil, the thin beast. Uh, (laughs) You went to the University of Central Florida. You're a seven-time Manhattan Open champion. You carried the longest winning streak uh, at 12 years with at least one FIVB title on the world tour. You're a three-time Olympian and soon to be a four-time Olympian with Nick Lucena. And you're an Olympic gold medalist um, from 2008 with Todd Rogers. You're also the head coach at the Phil Dahlhauser Beach Volleyball Academy, uh, which is www.com pdbva.com i'll leave a link to that below and your ig is at phil dahlhauser again phil thanks so much for being here man thank you thank you thanks for the intro yeah for sure uh so let's get right into it so the first question i have for you is what does living an inspired life mean to you uh i would say um i think it that basically um you could sum it up in, in one sentence really is the, the old saying is that um, you enjoy what you do. You don't work a uh, day in your life. But, yes. uh, I think that kind of sums it up in the, um, that answer or that question. I love answer that. to the question. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I love that. How do you, uh, how do you stay inspired outside of the game? Um, I, you know, what inspires me is um, uh, competing to be the best Phil Dahlhauser. You know, I, I try, I think a lot of people make a mistake. Uh, they compete against the best in their sport or whatever, but uh, they go about it the wrong way. Uh, I think Michael Jordan talked a lot about this. Is, is he always competed against himself, his best self. And, um, and while everyone competed against him, and I 100% agree with that. I love that. That's awesome. Um, let's talk about practice. What does having an inspired practice mean to you? Well, definitely practice with some sort of intent. You know, uh, well, for me, uh, like in beach volleyball, like I would take an intent to um, focus um, extra on passing, which probably is my weakest part of the game. <laughs> so I, that's usually... Uh, number one on the list for me. Um, or some days, you know, I'll pick other um, skills to, to really focus on. Um, because it's, for me, it's really hard um, to pick every single skill. Right. You know, and and um, um, so I think it's good to just break up practices and, um, you know, focus on one or two skills um, and go about it that way. That's great. So this whole project is about how to stay inspired in and out of the game for the youth athletes. So talk to me a little bit about an uninspired practice and some of the tools that you may use in those moments to try to get it, to try to snap out of that. 
Oh, that, uh, man, that's a work in progress for me still mm-hmm. because, uh, you know, the practices tend to, um, when you've been playing for so long, it's like, you know, go back to Alan Iverson practice. You know, <laughs> right. Um, uh, sometimes you're just like, ah, oh, you're not into it. So I wish I had a good answer for you, but really I, I think the best thing would be just to focus on the present moment. Because uh, the second you think about, oh, uh, dang, I got another hour and a half of practice. Right. You know, now you're basically torturing yourself. So if you could just focus on uh, what's, what's in front of you, I think that's probably the best way to go about it. Yeah, I, I like that. Uh, let's talk about a game because they're definitely different, right, from practices and games. So what does an inspired sure. game feel like? Uh, one that's focused. Um, and focus for me can be um, a little iffy sometimes uh, <laughs> especially if there's matches going on in other courts you know I'll catch a, a play here and there and um, I have to bring my focus back to um, you know what I'm doing um, so definitely uh, focus and again I, you probably hear me say a lot is uh, bringing yourself back to the present moment and, and that's the best way to go about it for me anyway I love that. Are, are there any games that, that come to mind when you think of that word inspired game, um, like uh, the, the gold medal match or? Well, yeah. Yeah. But there I, I've, um, I'm sure you've read uh, a lot about it. it um, I feel like I was in the flow state, you know, like, uh, sorry, someone's at the door. They're in the flow state too. <laughs> oh man. They're always in the flow state with barking. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I wasn't thinking during that third set. I was just reacting. And, and I think um, that's, a, that's a way to, the best way to do, to do anything, whether it's writing an email or uh, reading. Just um, uh, don't think about what you're doing. Just, um, just react. Like when, when I'm trying to, write an email, which I hate doing, <laughs> um, you know, like so many things are going uh, through my head. And man, if I could just just turn it off and just focus on the email, I knock it out in two minutes, you know? And, and I think that goes, um, that spreads through everything. So not that there's like a flow state with email, but the point is, is your brain gets in the way of, of a lot of things. Your mind does. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Um, I actually have a full section on flow. So let's hold off on that for a second. I want to come back okay. to that. Um, I just wanted to kind of finish this thought up. The idea of practice and game. How does the uh, the feeling of an inspired practice carry over to an inspired game? Well, it, it, um, it's basically um, perfect practice, right? What's, what's the saying? Perfect practice. Um, Makes perfect. Like. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if you practice with the same intensity that, that you play, um, then your game, you, it's pretty simple. Your game's going to get better, you know. But it's, it's easy to, to, you know, goof around in practice because there's no ramification. There's no, you know, you don't, if you lose a drill in practice, you know, you know, at the end of the day, who cares? Right, right. Okay, um, let's move on to mindset. 
Give us a little glimpse of the Phil Dahlhauser mindset pre, during, and post training sessions and games. Just a little glimpse. Uh, well, I, I always do the same boring um, warm-up for the most part, uh, which I probably should change up. It's, <laughs> it's, I've been doing it for years. But um, I feel like it gets me uh, focused. You know, I focus on the movement. And um, it's almost like a, a warm-up for my muscles and my brain um, because, like I said, focus sometimes can be um, uh, a challenge for me. Uh, when I, when I, I used to live with Nick, Nick um, Adam Roberts, and Matt Heath, uh, two guys that Adam Roberts has been playing forever. Uh, Matt played a little while ago. And uh, they called it Philville. <laughs> like, oh, what's... I'll be spaced out, you know, thinking about whatever. I'm like, oh, what's going on in Philville? Like they, so um, that's just an example of how I can um, be unfocused sometimes. But uh, so, so if I could get a good warm up in with, you know, focusing on the movements and, and then that will carry over. It's almost like I'm warming up. I focus and that carries on to the game. And then um, after we win, you know, uh, then I like to reflect on, on, on what I did, uh, my mistakes, but not dwell on my mistakes. I want to learn from them. And then I, you know, I like to think about what I, I did well and how I can keep um, doing that. I love that. Um, let's, let's expand on that a little bit because my next question okay. is about self-talk. Uh, what is your self-talk during the play and in between plays? Well, during a play, there should be zero self-talk. It should just be, uh, you know, pure reaction. Um, uh, but after, say, after, let's say, after mistake, mm -hmm. um, I kind of have like a, a, a few-step process. Uh, I'm like, all right, if I hit a ball out on the angle, um, I'm like, okay, what um, – I analyzed the mistake that I, I went to too sharp or I mishit it. And um, I try to correct it for next time. And then it's done out of my head because a lot of, a lot of people or a lot of players on every level will be beating themselves up about that play, you know, five points in the future. Right. You know, and they're not completely focused on what's in front of them. They're, you know, still like, Oh, I would have just, um, hit it one inch, you know, further to let, like, you know, um, can't do that to yourself. So um, that's kind of my um, my little step process. And, and sometimes I'm guilty of like, oh, it would have been so sweet if we got that point, you know, like, especially there, there needs to be a, um, a study in beach volleyball. And I don't know if this is in, in, indoor as well, but um, if a team has a good, point opportunity a real point opportunity where they um, can earn a point on their serve and they miss it whether getting blocked or hitting out or uh, whatever the next point I got to think they lose more than they um, they win um, it's got to be over 50 percent because they're so they're still in their head about the last point oh we should have got that real point and um, and it's a huge it's a three-point swing you know, 
So it's like, are you talking about like judgment? Like, oh, we should have, like, that's like it's, judgment. It's right? more, yeah. I mean, it could be judgment. It could, it could, it could be like, uh, oh, it would have been sweet if we got that point, you know, that, that gives us a three point lead or, or whatever, you know, or we could have used that, that point, like whatever it is, they're not thinking about, they're thinking about the last play and not what about siding out. That reminds me of uh, what Cart said about unproductive thoughts, because um, that doesn't really that thought process doesn't really like contribute to the goal of the, of what you're trying to do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that that's why, um, like, say if we have a real point opportunity and we miss it for whatever reason, anal- analyze it real quick, then next, thinking about passing now, you know, like, or getting ready for a pass. Cool. Yeah, yeah, I got you. Um, well, let's expand on that even more because uh, our sport, beach volleyball, has so much stoppage time. Um, other yeah. sports have that as well. But, man, I, I counted the stoppage time one time, and it's, I think it's over 10 minutes in, in, a, in, a, in a given set, not even a match. Um, wow. So how do you utilize that stoppage time? I think you mentioned a little reflection. Um, but, yeah, just, just give us a glimpse on what you're doing in that stoppage time. Well, it's – Sometimes my eyes will uh, go over to the other court, you know, um, which isn't ideal. Um, but really, it's um, what would be ideal is play is over, uh, you know, analyze it real quick, then on to the next. Like if you're serving, all right, where, you know, where you serve, where do you want to serve? Um, where's which ways of wind wind blowing like all that kind of stuff you know um constantly thinking about what needs to be done yeah Um, and then you know you're prepared um you know obviously it's impossible to run through every scenario um at that point your brain is so full full, but um you know you're somewhat prepared on, on um during the play and then you're not thinking you're just reacting you know yeah awesome awesome let's move into emotion phil uh you know emotions are a big part of all sports and i i'm really interested to hear what you have to say about it because a lot of champions um you know are able to utilize that emotion manage the emotions that are happening during any game so what are the differences and similarities in emotion from an uninspired game and an inspired game. Uh, I read this book um, maybe about a year or two ago called uh, um, Chop Wood, Carry Water or Carry Water, Chop Wood. I don't know if you've ever um, heard of it. I've heard of it. Yeah. It's, this is right up your alley, I think. Um, okay. And there um, he talked about um, as far as emotions go, like people think, Oh, I got to get fired up. I got to be, you know, like a 10 out of 10 of fired up. Um, but that is impossible to keep through a whole match. Right. 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 Um, and, uh, he, he talked about, you probably should be four or five, um, where you're just level headed. You have a little bit of fire, just enough to kind of keep it burning. Right. Um, but you're still thinking clearly, clearly, because if you get too emotional now, you're not thinking clearly. Um, so I, I really like that. And, um, 
and I'm probably as far as emotion goes like a one or two. <laughs> you know, I could I could probably bump it up a few points um, on the fire scale, I guess. Um, and uh, I wish I would read that book a long time ago, but I, I think it just came out recently, actually. Yeah, well. I'm, I don't I don't know. Maybe not. You've had such amazing results. And, and um, you know, I was actually talking to Todd about that. And I, I asked him about the emotional side of, of winning and losing success and failure and specifically your guys' run. And I was like, man, I never really saw any emotion from you guys. And, and he he said, like, yeah, never, never really too much need for it. I was always trying to conserve my energy and stay efficient, you know. Yeah. Um, there's kind definitely of, like, like uh, you're flexing down every point. Um, you know, that takes energy. Yeah. You know, especially on a hot day. Uh, sometimes uh, I've heard guys like, oh man, I almost passed out when I was right. yelling. I'm like, man, I'm not trying to pass out. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, some guys need that, like that fake fire, you know, we call it fake fire to, to get them going. Um, which I've never figured out um, how to get that rolling, which, you know, could have, um, could have helped me definitely, you know, like could have made me 1% better. And over time that 1%, um, you know, that could have cost, that could have maybe, I could have won three or four more matches over my career, which could have led to more titles or more wins. You never know. Interesting. Um, just staying on that for one more second. Emotions. If if a player, let's 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 say you're coaching and and you notice a player is having a tough time with emotions or or having a tough time separating emotions from outside of the game. You know, in their personal life, something in their yeah. family or something. Sure. And they're they're not able to separate it, and they carry it over carry it over to their to their practice or a match. Like, you know, what are some tools that you could offer that that player? <clears throat> well, you know, I hate this go back to just staying in the present moment, you know, taking a couple deep, deep breaths, feel, feel the air, come out, come in, you know, that whole deal. Yeah. And that's great. That, that will calm the nerves and put you in the present moment for the most part. Um, really, yeah. I think that's all, all you can do. Um, Cause sometimes it, the mind is hard to shut, shut off. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Sometimes totally. it's like, just shut up already. Cut. <laughs> It's, you know, it comes up with our minds come up with the dumbest like scenarios, and you play this whole scenario out, and you're like, "What? I just wasted five minutes of my life thinking about <laughs> um, if if I want uh, I don't know pinto beans or black beans in my burrito, you know, like just silly stuff like that." No, I think that's awesome. Uh, you know, I think sports in general, specifically beach volleyball, but any sport is, uh, it's just an opportunity to come back to the moment. You know, it's, sure. it's, there's nothing else going on except that point or that situation. So I completely agree. So that's a, a really good segue to flow. You mentioned the flow state earlier. Let, let's yeah. talk about that now. Um, my question is, can you identify when you're in the game in the flow or in the zone or that flow state that you mentioned? At in while I'm in the flow state, <clears throat> no, and I think that would be kind of a bad thing because mm. now your mind, you're like you're thinking about it, right? And that probably take you out of the flow state. Um, Interesting. But going back, 
like oh, I was like I was not thinking I was just reacting um, you know reflecting on it I think is fine but if you're thinking then already you're you're back in your mind mm. mind isn't I feel like the mind is an enemy like it once you can control your mind and your emotions and everything, which, you know, takes a lot of practice, a lot of meditation and all that, um, then you become, um, you know, better, I think, in every aspect of your life. Professionally, um, you know, like I have kids and wives, so like as a family man, um, and that's it's a work in progress. That's awesome. Um, can you practice being in the flow state or does it just come? Oh, I, you know, I think you could practice being out of your mind, like not in your thoughts, basically. Is what, what do I you mean, mean by what, Yeah. What, is that, what like, do you mean by that? Um, so when you're thinking, right, that's energy. Like, um, my wife could be talking to me and. I'm thinking about, um, you know, whatever it may be, uh, which takes me out of this conversation. You know, I may be 75% in and 25% in my mind, right? In, in like in my thoughts. Sometimes it's even more 50-50. And she's like, are you even listening to me? You know, she could tell I'm, I'm thinking about something else. Um, I'm sorry, I might've gone off. Uh, a little no this is great here. no 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 this is awesome keep going but so if you know it comes back to um, being 100% focused on the present moment add you add your mind add your thoughts basically the same thing I love that Phil um, so when you're practicing let's say you find yourself in that flow state which is difficult yeah. in practice you know I, I feel like it's maybe a little easier when there's something on the line but yeah. let's say you're in practice and you find yourself in there and you can't miss and everything's just flowing and you're in that flow state. Can you bank that feeling? Can you say, I want to access this later? Uh, I think it may be different for other people as far as finding flow states and practice versus matches because um, some people are great practice players because there's no pressure. Mm -hmm. you know, and then there's other players that, are terrible practice players. They just, they don't want anything to do with it. But then once they have the pressure, now they're like, um, now they're focused, you know, they're playing, they play way better. Um, so I think it's different for every athlete, um, depending on how well they deal with pressure. But as far as banking flow, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I think it's, it's something that, um, you get it comes more as you get better with um staying in the present moment love it so I, I, agree. Don't know, I don't i don't know if you could really bank it you know okay yeah no i i would agree um i was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about that 2008 olympic run um because i watched an interview with you and and i think you mentioned something about the first game you lost to the last seed Latvians, yeah, and and how you were kind of in your head, and then you made oh, this, yeah. and then you made this incredible comeback. So, just can you talk a little bit about what was going on and how you were able to come back and over overcome that? Well, um, 
we, we, um, the day before that match, I was the opening ceremonies and it was our first Olympics. And I, um, we were on our feet for like, I don't know, seven, eight hours or something like that. I, it was super long, long day. And, um, I remember thinking in warm ups, I was like, man, my legs are not working. And from then on, all I was worried about was my legs, you know, and uh, that was, um, that it just snowballed, you know? And, uh, so I, I was in my head, all my thoughts were about my legs and then my glasses started fogging up and like, then I was like, I took, popped out the lenses, whatever. And, and I totally was not focused on volleyball. You know, I could have, I could have, uh, told Todd, I was like, hey, my legs aren't, my legs are dead. Uh, let's run a low, lower set. I'm going to try to chop it around, um, you know, and just um, uh, kind of pivot, not pivot, but um, go with another game plan. I guess I can't think of the word. It'll come to me. Uh, but um, we, we, after that match, you know, obviously I was uh, bummed out first Olympic match. Um, we were the number one seed um, in the tournament, and um, we just won three. The last three FIVBs were like rolling, you know. Right. And uh, you know, it was definitely um, like a, a hit to the ego, you know. Like, um, I, you know, I felt like we couldn't be beat. Um, but we went. We were supposed to lift that night after the match because we had a day off. So we decided we would lift after our matches. So we lifted and, um, you know, I was just like, man, I'm sorry guys. Play like shit and, um, you know, pick it up and, uh, bounce back. And, we, uh, we got a rolling, um, and it put us in, in an easier bracket because if we would have won our pool, we would have played, I think we would have played Fabio Marcio who we played in the finals, in the quarters. And we would played Ricardo Manuel, or the reigning gold medalist in the semis, um, then that would have put us in the final. So we had a much easier bracket, but we almost lost to Switzerland in the round of 16. We were down 6-0 in third set, and we ended up um, coming back uh, from that somehow. And that kind of just like catapulted us to the finals. And um, yeah, as they say, rest is history. I'm, that's awesome. I know it's a two week tournament, so it's a, it's a little different than other tournaments too. And so you have to really, yeah, yeah, you have to pace it all out and you have to, uh, you have to be really smart how you use your time, but I'm really interested in the bounce back. Cause that's, again, that's what this project is about. You say, you you know, you know, your, your, your legs are tired in that first match and you're maybe thinking about other things or you're down six Oh, and that, that third set, what is the mechanism that you use to bounce back in that moment? Uh, I think it's um, not dwelling on what just happened. Like, well, we could I could have been like, um, you know, dwelled on that loss against Latvia. And I could have been, you know, pouting around for a few days and that could have carried into our next match. Um, where we played Switzerland, who one of the guys won bronze in, in 2004. So, you know, a tough team. Um, but instead, for whatever reason, I just, forgot about it or I or maybe I wanted I don't remember what I was thinking maybe I wanted to prove you know to myself 
myself to the world, whoever. That's a good that, tool, uh, proving to yourself yeah. or proving to the world, yeah. Yeah. I, I honestly don't remember what I was thinking or, or why, but my next match, I played great. Yeah. Did you, yeah. I, I'm curious, did you get a little pissed off? Sometimes getting upset as an athlete really does help. Uh, you know, like I, like I said, I don't remember uh, okay. <laughs> what I, what I was thinking. Um, but yeah, definitely some people, um, play better, um, uh, angry. Right. Right. Usually little defenders. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Yeah, I know. Um, well, I know a couple of them. Um, Todd Rogers, um, <laughs> Nick Lucena. Shout out Todd Rogers. Shout out Nick Lucena. There's a few of them. Julius Brink. Uh, Casey Jennings. Yeah, all all very well uh, respected players. Great resumes. Amazing. But I I just thinking of Casey like and shout out Casey Jennings like I was inspired by him like how he was able to utilize that emotion and, and, and yeah. kind of almost intimidate the opponent, you know? Yeah, for sure. He, uh, I always, I liked playing Casey. Mm -hmm. It was always fun. Yeah. yeah. Um, perfect segue to sources. So Phil, you know, another reason why I've asked you to be on this, uh, this show is that you inspire me, you know, it's, it's not just, um, oh, it's not just what you've done with the, uh, and, and the results that you've gotten. Um, uh, it's just what you're doing now too. And, and, and how you continue to, to pursue your dream of, of, of that Olympic, you know, that Olympic championship and, and also giving back to the kids. Like that's awesome. Um, you know, with your Academy. Um, so I was wondering if you could maybe talk a little bit about where you get inspiration from. Um, that's a good question. Um, well, I, I, I inspire to be um, a better human being and, and um, love that, you know, and um, whatever that means, you know, I, you know, uh, like, I don't want, I don't want to um, get caught up of doing good and whatever the, the battle between good and bad, you know, that whole duality, like some people may think it's good and other people may think it's bad, you know? So just, whatever that means to me, becoming a better person. Um, and I feel like I can, with these kids, I feel like I can you know, teach them uh, not only volleyball, but, you know, like life lessons, you know, and that's what sports is about. You, um, there's a lot of learning lessons um, that um, can be used in, in um, everyday life. Yeah. And um, I guess that, that would, uh, I could say that inspires me. Um, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Hey there. Sorry for the interruption, but I wanted to give our first sponsor a shout out. This episode is brought to you by West Coast Beach, a year round beach volleyball club on the west side of Los Angeles in Santa Monica, California. At West Coast Beach, we aim to get 1% better every day, both on and off the court. You can find more info about us at westcoastvbc.com. And on Instagram with handle at West Coast VBC. Back to the show. Again, going back to you inspiring me, like I just want you to know that when I was able to play you, I that was uh, my first time qualifying, 2008, and you were getting ready to yeah. go win the win the gold medal with Todd. But that was a that was a kind of a, a highlight for me in in my nice. career. So 
Um, cool. I know, I know you blocked me a whole bunch and you, and you definitely beat me, but it was, a uh, it was one of those memories that I still have very clear for me. So, nice. <laughs> um, cool, man. So let's move on to the lightning round. Okay. And, um, again, you can answer these however you want, but, um, right. I'm just going to kind of fly through them. Okay. All right. How do you define success and what does being successful mean to you? Uh, really, uh, for me, success is winning. You know, I, we're in the business of winning, uh, in, in sports and beach volleyball. So if you're winning, um, you're successful. How do you consider the idea of failure? I think failure is great. It's, uh, something that can, um, you can learn from, um, it, you know, it's, uh, some, um, something that, um, it can inspire you, your next match, um, like in, uh, in the Olympics, losing to Latvia, um, you know, for whatever reason that inspired me to, to play better. And, and, um, yeah, I think failure is a, a good thing, you know? You, <clears throat> I read a bunch of like um, whatever self development, entrepreneur books, whatever you want to call, it. Mm-hmm. and um, like an an entrepreneur's path to their goal, right? Say this is this is where they start and this is their goal. Uh, it's not like straight for you know. There's like uh, it's a curvy, you know. There's failures and mistakes, and they pivot, and eventually, hopefully, they get to their goal. You know, so I think failure is a really good thing because. If you never fail in your life, then what, I mean, what, like, um, you know, you need that, um, you, you don't know what it means to fail. So like, uh, there's no, I can't think of the word right now. Um, so I, I it's driving me nuts. I can't think of this word. That's okay. But, uh, I know anyway, what you're saying. uh, yeah. So, if you just win and you go into your goal, you know, straight ahead, uh, get into your goal right away every single time, you're not going to, there's nothing going to be pushing you because that's yeah. going to get boring. It's going to be too easy, you know. Yeah, there's that's no learning. Thing. There's no learning that's happening, right? It's just, uh, oh, yeah, yeah. or it's just, like, if you win, like, that's why it's hard to stay on top of you. keep winning, 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 winning. It gets, um, you know, it, it gets uh, boring, basically. Mm. <laughs> and then when you lose, you're like, oh, this sucks. Now I want to try hard again, basically, you know? Yeah, no, that's awesome, Phil. I think um, I wrote down this word when you said that uh, I, you were talking about entrepreneur stuff. I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you, you mentioned the word pivot. Uh, yeah. Could you expand on that a little bit? And if you could maybe talk about it from the youth athlete perspective, what does that mean? Basically, uh, if something's not working, you got to do something different. Right. I mean, it's pretty simple. Uh, right. You know, if you... Uh, in a match, if you keep hitting a line shot and you keep getting dug or you're hitting out, well, you need to pivot and try something else. And uh, something that's coming to my mind right now is non-judgmental reactivity, meaning like, like you just said, if something, if a shot, if a particular shot's not working, a lot of times I see the youth, a youth athlete go oh, right. and just have that moment of judgment, and that's not pivoting; that's staying in that and that stuff right yeah yeah well yeah you're a lot of times you're beating yourself down like uh you know oh, you're an idiot or 
Mm. Why, why'd you do that? You know, like, uh, and that's not helping your self-esteem. That's, you know, that's just, um, you're hurting yourself. Right. So it's, um, that's why I, every uh, kid out there, I'm like, if you make a mistake, that's a good thing because you can learn from it, you know, yeah. make another, the same mistake. Um, all right, well, you didn't learn for, from it. Like, yeah, um, and now this is another learning opportunity. Um, and, and then it changes um, the perception on the stake, you know, basically. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. What are the most successful habits that you do on a consistent basis? Uh, I, I'm actually listening to this book, uh, Atomic Habits. Cool. Um, which I don't know if you've, that's, that's a good one. Okay. Um, but right now, my most successful habit uh, probably is my meditation practice. I've, I've gotten um, almost two years straight not missing a day. Really? So I think that's, yeah. Wow. So uh, uh, I think that right now is that would be um, my most successful habit. That's so cool. Is it a guided? Are you listening to like a, an audio or are you just sitting quietly by yourself or? Uh, I first just by myself and now I'm into this guy. Um, his name is Dr. Joe Dispenza. Yeah, I know. Yeah. 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 Who I love. And so I'm doing his guided meditation. Very cool. Would you recommend that to the youth athlete? I mean, cause that's a, that's a tough practice to, or habit to get into. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. It, I mean, if someone, uh, when I was 16, if someone told me I got to sit with my eyes closed uh, for, you know, more, you know, more than 30 seconds, I'd right. be like, get out of here. Right. Uh, it obviously would be a, a tool that would help um, anyone, I think, um, because you're basically learning to control your mind and your emotions and everything. Um, but I'm not sure if you're going to find many teenagers that want to sit there and you know, especially with their phones now, or, right. you know, you're constantly being entertained. Um, so, but yes, it would help, but it'd be tough to get them to do it. Um, I'm like pleasantly surprised to hear so many champions talk about meditation as a tool. I, I, I cause I, I use it myself. It's been challenging for me. Um, yeah. because um, you know, as an athlete, as an entrepreneur, my mind is always going, Oh, yeah. I'm sure, I'm sure you, you can agree. Yeah. But, mm -hmm. but that moment, it doesn't have to be 15 minutes for me. It's just, sometimes it could be two minutes and, and that's a good, a good habit for myself, you know? So it's really cool to hear that you're doing that too. Yeah. Yeah. I think it helps a lot. And, uh, what got me into it was, uh, uh Eckhart Tolle, uh, yeah. Power of Now. Yes. Yeah. Awesome. I love that, Phil. That's great. Okay, let's keep moving here. Um, okay, yeah. So, for every guest that comes on to the show, I uh, I think of a word that best describes you. It's challenging. One word, you know. Um, uh -huh. So I'm going to tell you my word that I have for you, and then I'm going to let you tell me a word that you think best describes yourself. Okay. I actually had two that I wrote down. The first one was dominant because I looked at your resume and. You know, you're an all-time great, which is awesome. But the other Thank word, you, but that's not the word I'm thinking for myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's cool. But the other word that I that came across in my mind is iconic. Uh, 
I feel I feel like you just committed so hard to your craft and you're now an icon for this game. Well, thanks. That's very um, complimentary two words. Um, I was uh, uh, thinking of myself as an icon is weird <laughs> uh, because um, to me, it's just, you know, normal me. Yeah. Uh, but if, if I had to pick one word, I would probably say uh, composed or composure. I like, um, and there's no better um, way to work on your composure when you're dealing with your own kids. <laughs> uh, if you can be composed when um, your five-year-old girl is yelling at the top of her lungs because she has lost video games that day, especially during the quarantine, you, uh, that, that means you, you got it down. <laughs> That's because, awesome. Uh, sometimes, you know, uh, you just react and uh, the motion gets the best of you and you yell back. <laughs> I love that. Uh, I yeah. don't have this written down, but since you're a girl dad, which is awesome, could you just talk a little bit about how Kobe has impacted your life um, growing up? I actually up? have a great, I actually have a great uh, Kobe story. Okay. And I, um, let me first say I've never been a LA Lakers fan or a Kobe <laughs> Bryant fan. Okay. Uh, I've, you know, I grew up on the East Coast, so um, I'm um, Southeast, so I'm anti-Northeast, uh, you know, New York, Philly, and Boston, and I'm anti-LA. Okay, uh, all right. Okay. Uh, but uh, with that said, in 2008 Olympics, um, the USOC, which is the Olympic Committee, they usually rent like a big facility where all the athletes can go to work out, um, get some treatment or whatever. Mm-hmm. And in Beijing, they rented out Beijing University. And uh, there they had a, a gym where uh, NBA or I mean, um, basketball and uh, indoor volleyball practice. Okay. <clears throat> and I was there to get some treatment, or whatever. And I was walking down this really skinny hallway and um, no one around and out pops out Kobe. I'm like, oh, dang, it's Kobe Bryant, you know? And he's coming my way. We're walking, and uh, you know, I say hi. And he says, uh, and he, uh, he says, "What's up?" And he smacks me on my chest and says, "Nice game, big man." Man, we had a match last night, so he must have watched it, I guess. And I was like, "Whoa, that's freaking awesome!" You know, a guy like Kobe Bryant could have just been like, "Hey," and or whatever, just not even said anything to me. But I was like, "Man, that's pretty cool." Like a guy like that, like uh, you know. Everyone knows at that point he was like the Michael Jordan of the sport, you know. And, um, well, he's basically the Michael Jordan of his era, you know. Right, right. Uh, But he went out of his way to to do that. And I was like, man, that's pretty damn damn cool. That's awesome. I remember that year he used to watch all the volleyball games, um, which which is pretty cool. But having an interaction like that with with someone like Kobe, that's special. And, and, uh, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing that story. That's awesome. Sure. And ever since then, I've been a Kobe fan. <laughs> cool. That's yeah. cool. Um, cool, man. Only a few more here. Um, for you, Phil, what is the most important lesson that has helped shape who you are today? Oh, that's a tough one. Uh, <clears throat> um, 
mean, it's hard to pick one. Um, it's a tough question for uh, lightning round. I know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one, one would be, uh, I tend to look uh, in the past, back in the past and like beat myself up over things I've done or said or whatever. And, um, you know, that to me, that's so uh, like what Karch said, um, unproductive thoughts, mm-hmm. you know, because one, uh, you beat yourself or I beat myself up for it, which is not helping self-esteem, you know? Yep. Um, and two, it's a waste of, it's a waste of time. You're, you're, um, uh, you're beating it. You're thinking about something that there's no, nothing you can do to change it. Um, you know, all you can do is learn from it. So basically the lesson would be, again, learn from your mistakes or, or uh, mess ups, whatever. I love that. Um, that can you, oh, sorry. What's that? Can you hear me? I thought, uh, yeah, I can hear you now. Okay, cool. Um, can you share the biggest challenge you've been through on your journey? Um, <clears throat> I've had a few. Um, I would say as far as uh, volleyball goes, it would be, um, you know, once you get to the top, um, you know, you have to work even harder to stay on top. And, um, because now you have a big target on your back. Everybody wants to be the best. Right. Right. Um, and, um, so for me, it was a lot of times once people get to the top, uh, they take the, all right, I made it. They take their uh, foot off the gas pedal a little bit where in reality, you got to push it down. So that has been a challenge to me uh, because I'm not the most motivated person. Like, you know, I'll get my, my lift in and I'll go and practice and, you know, call it a day type of thing. But in reality, you got to do more than what you did before uh, because you got to be better. And, and that was always a challenge um, to keep. I don't think I was aware of it, but, uh, I definitely, in the past uh, few years, for sure, I've definitely taken my foot off the gas pedal, and and I probably subconsciously, and um, and my results have showed. Interesting. Um, as a coach, what's the biggest challenge you see for your athletes? You know, I think um uh i'm definitely on the john wooden like phil jackson type they got to figure it i'm not going to hold their hands yeah nice um i'm not going to hold their hands to you know um to help them figure it out or whatever i think you could give them some kind of guidance but ultimately they got to figure it out themselves because then um uh, one they get um the boost is you know self-esteem um, which, you know, for a 15 year old, or whatever, 12 year old is, is big these days. Yep. Um, and, uh, and then they're, I think they're, uh, motivated to, to kind of knock out other like challenges they have, you know, maybe outside of all of them. Hmm. That's cool. Um, you know, 
working with kids, I see, I, I see focus as being kind of a big challenge, uh, yeah. especially with the, you know, the, the smartphone generation, the Instagram generation. Do you see that as well? Well, yeah. I mean, that's, that's probably the biggest um, challenge they have. Yeah. Because there's con- it's constant entertainment. You know, I get caught up into it too. Me too. Um, yeah. Um, <clears throat> like it, it, um, it has like this power to grab your attention, you know, like, uh, like if it's close, like if I'm sitting eating lunch by myself, I challenge myself not to look at my phone once. And it is hard to do because your brain, your mind or whatever will come up about a million different reasons why you should check your phone. (laughs) It's crazy. It is crazy. crazy. It's crazy. And what I'll do is, uh, I'll just try to listen to those like, Oh man, there's another one. Um, maybe you should check your email. Uh, maybe you should check Instagram, see if there's anything good on the, you know, like it, it's crazy. Uh, so yeah, they, that's probably for sure the biggest challenge because obviously when you're running a practice is not just them playing, you know, they're going to have to wait their turn sometimes. And so they have to be, um, they got to figure out how to just sit still for, whatever a minute until right (laughs) well when we after this quarantine stuff when we get back to normal i'm going to give you a challenge that you could give to to uh youth athletes this is something that i've done and it's actually kind of worked a little bit so what i've done is i i challenge them to have one hour less screen time a week because, you know, you can a see the screen time. time. Yeah, just one a week. That's attainable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so that then it becomes a game. And it's like, coach, I got I got two hours less. You know? I'm like, great. Nice. You know? Nice. So, nah, yeah. Just a, it's a fun little challenge. You could e- even throw that at, like, uh, I don't know how you could hold them accountable because, of, you know, the phone keeps track of your screen time. But try not to be on your phone within the first. 30 minutes of waking up or what, you know, whatever that time, 15, 20 minutes. That's hard. Um, it's hard for me <laughs> because it's easy to, you know, turn over and grab your phone and, and right, you know, right off the bat, this thing is in your face. And, um, you know, and then that, to, for me, it kind of sets the, the tone a little bit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I try to go, um, no phone. Um, but I like, no browsing on my phone for you know the first hour. I gotta get like I have my meditation on my my phone. Yeah. But um, but sometimes I'll pull out my phone to get my meditation. I'm like, oh, see what that news story says, you know. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Or you know, so it's it's definitely um, tough one. Yeah, it's challenging. All right, how important is the idea of having impact to you? I'm not. I'm not so sure if I. Um, Like, I don't know if I care if I have an impact or not. Um, I guess that's not, that's not true. I would like to have an impact on these kids or, you know, some kid I meet at a tournament or whatever, a positive one, of course. Um, But, um, but if that doesn't happen, it's, you know, all I could do is um, be myself and yeah. Um, I'm not going to be someone else to have an impact on someone, you know, right. I'll just be, try to be my best self and hopefully that impacts 
people. Yeah, I, I totally get that. What brings you joy? What part of your work brings you the most joy? My work? Uh, man, as far as volleyball goes, um, competing and winning. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, something that never gets old. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, as far as like coaching, which I've only done a few months, but when something clicks um, for a kid, like their eye, their you know, like you see it in their face, it lights up, right? And that's what's a good feeling. You know. Yeah, totally. What's the best piece of advice you've ever received, and why? From who? Oh, uh, this is perfect for the times. Um, there's. Uh, there's not, I think it's, and there's not enough anxiety to change the past and there's not enough worry to change the future, which I think this is like, everyone's worried what's going to happen. Like it's not, there's, what's, what's the point of worrying? You know, it's not changing anything. Um, so that's awesome. I like that. The, uh, who, who, who wrote that or who I don't said know that? where I heard, I probably saw it somewhere on Instagram or okay that's know, cool maybe I read it read it in one of my books I don't, I don't know cool I love that it kind of uh, makes me think of be here now from Ram Das. don't worry about yeah. the past don't worry about the future be here now yeah yeah I love it. It, it I mean it all it all comes back to being in the present moment really love that okay this is a tough one um, maybe perhaps the the, the best question I could ask you, what is your ultimate why? Um, I talked a little bit about it myself as just being, uh, I, th- I talked about it earlier, but just being my best self. Yeah. Yeah. Based, you know, um, you know, the best volleyball player, my, uh, I can be the best husband, the best um, father, all that. You know. I love it. Best coach. Yeah. I, you, earlier you said just the best, the better human being, right? Just a better human being. Yeah. Or just that. the best version of best version of myself, which by the way is a, a never ending job. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's always more work to be done. Mm, love that. Yeah. Looking back on your journey, is there anything you wish you could change and why? Yeah, there's a lot, man. There's a lot of things that I would like to change. Um, like but, what? Um, well, uh, you know, I bought a uh, bought a house. Actually, I was doing this to myself the other night. I bought a condo in, in 2007 in Ventura <laughs> <laughs> uh, for at the height of the market for $570,000. And I would have if I would have waited a year or so. Um, I would have gotten that thing for probably three fifty. Okay. You know? Yeah. 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 I got you. I got Stuff that. Like that. Okay. And then what? Where my brain goes and why this is, why this is, it's just my point of it being pointless. I was like, actually, I could have bought because I was living at Santa Barbara at the time, and it was too expensive to buy in Santa Barbara. I uh, I was like, I could have bought if I would have waited two years, I could have bought a duplex in Santa Barbara, <laughs> and then I went on to Zillow to see how much duplexes are now. And I'm like, oh my God, I would have held on to that. And it's like $1.2 million. And so like, 
doing that to yourself is just it, you torture yourself you know yeah yeah and you beat yourself up and so um, that's one thing i would have changed um and another thing i would have changed is uh i didn't really do all out of all the years i traveled i really didn't do much uh reading uh non-fiction basically and i wish i, I could have i would have done more of that cool because man you have all the time in the world on the road you know yeah we basically <clears throat> our days consisted of uh, a practice for one hour because that's all you can get um, on the world tour is the court for one hour you find a gym you go there for a couple hours and then the rest of the day is like just kind of hanging around you know yeah so I, I wish i could use that time to be more productive cool no so that's I awesome like video game video games and stuff like that Right, right. No, but that's that's cool. That that uh, hopefully whoever's listening to this will be inspired to pick up a book instead of their phone or a video game. That, that's great. Um, last couple of questions, Phil. Um, so part of this whole project was based on that pyramid of success that we mentioned earlier from John Wooden, um, and I made a, a pyramid for mostly for me, but now I'm trying to share it with with the world and other youth athletes. Um, for me, inspired living is the top of my period pyramid because I think that's what that's what it's all about would you suggest that other athletes create something like this it doesn't have to be a pyramid it could be a compass it could be something but just to know where they're trying to go yeah I think um, um, having some sort of like um, well like you said compass like north star guide, guiding you you know like the ultimate goal um, like what we talked about the entrepreneur, like they have this goal and then they're always working towards that, that goal, mm -hmm. um, I think is, um, important because if you just go and kind of putz around your day or whatever, it's, just, it's a little unproductive and, um, uninspired. Yeah. Cool. Right on. All right. Last question. Um, having achieved the peak of athletic achievement, which is, the gold medal. What does fulfillment mean to you? Talk to me about winning gold and fulfillment. Um, you know, fulfillment is um, like fulfillment in my career is, is nice, you know, um, but it's not like I, I would say, I don't think it's, um, you know, it doesn't define me. You know, I think a lot what happens is um, uh, a lot of athletes, they define themselves by their, their whatever, they're a professional athlete. They're, you know, they, they identify with that. And, and then when it's all gone, then what? You know, they, they're lost. Right. So um, it's definitely fulfillment in your sport or career is nice. You know, it's a great feeling, you know, and there's um, obviously, you know, it comes with, perks you know uh but i think it's real important not don't let it define you so. awesome i love that and i couldn't agree more uh phil dollhauser i can't thank you enough man this has been fun and um extremely mind-opening and it's just so cool to kind of oh, cool. get a glimpse of you know where, where you where you're at with all this stuff you know um so thank you so much for for your time Good, thanks. thanks for having me, man.
Appreciate it. I yeah. talk about this stuff all day. Yeah, me too. Me too. Um, I want to give you an opportunity just to uh, mention any sponsors or, or any websites or anything like that. You know, uh, sponsors have dried up over the years because nobody wants to sponsor an old washed up beach volleyball player, <laughs> but I do have one. Okay. Uh, and it's important. Uh, Clean Skin uh, Sunscreen Company, which uh, I have a lot of skin to deal with, so it's, <laughs> it's great for me. Um, so yeah, that's in my Instagram, Phil Bellhauser, at Phil Bellhauser, mm-hmm. and my academy website, PD, uh, oh my gosh, uh, PDBBA. I, I always get the B and the D or the D and the B mixed up. <laughs> no worries. I'm going to link it all below all this stuff. So it'll all be there. Yeah. All right, Phil. Thanks again, man. I really appreciate it. And we'll talk soon. Thank you. All right.